0: Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived in my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his love persistence. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who, re- who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg. If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Last Thursday, I went to go to the movies, and I saw The Big Friendly Giant, BFG. It was a really good movie, actually. I really enjoyed it. A lot of good cinematography. There was some good acting. And there was some really important and powerful dialogue, which I think, this is my own personal opinion, a lot of movies seem to lack good dialogue, good script. And this one had a lot of good dialogue between Sophie a young girl, and the BFG, the Big Friendly Giant. There are going to be just two spoilers, so I'll give you those spoiler alerts, but they're not going to ruin the whole thrust of the movie. Don't worry, just small things. Here's the first spoiler. So if you don't want to hear it because you haven't seen the movie, you close your ears, okay? So BFG is, has a job. He's in charge of uh, catching dreams. And then kind of dispersing those dreams amongst some of the children. And at a certain point, uh, Sophie, the young girl, declares to BFG, uh, Dreams are so quick. BFG says, Yeah, on the outside. But on the inside, they be long. They are so quick, yes, on the outside, but on the inside, they are long. And I was intrigued by that statement from BFG and it struck me because there is something uniquely profound about that that yes, our dreams are quick and short in our mind, especially when we're sleeping, you know, they seem to pass with a lot of haste and fuzziness and so on and so forth. But yet they can have a lasting impact on what we do. Not only the dreams when we fall asleep, but also the dreams just of day-to-day life. You know, we dream of what we could be in life. Wouldn't it be great if I could do this or do that? And we have those dreams that, in a certain sense, are quick thoughts, but they have a lasting effect. They inspire, they motivate us, they drive us through day-to-day life to accomplish great goals, or even the simplest of goals. So dreams, yes, are short and quick, in a certain sense, on the outside, but interiorly, they have a long-lasting effect and impact on how we operate. Well, I think prayer is very similar to that. Prayers are often short or quick. We spend, for example, here one hour together on Sunday in a time of prayer. And although that short time is only one hour out of the many hours we have in the week, it has the ability to have a long-lasting impact to inspire and motivate you throughout the week, precisely because it's a conversation with God where he also gives grace, assistance, help for the week. Particularly help, as we hear in the gospel today, through the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thinking about prayer today, now, by the way, I should mention that in a certain sense, I think you can say this, like prayers are uh, dreams that we share with God. So again, dreams being those things that, you know, things we hope for in life, that we long for in life, that we want to do, ways that we want to be, how we want to function and operate. We have these dreams in our heart, and when we share those dreams with God, That's when they become prayers in a very beautiful way. We hear a conversation about prayer in the gospel today. Even in our responsorial psalm, we had said, uh, when I called out to you, you answered me. That sense of prayer. And so one of the disciples comes to Jesus and says, look, teach us how to pray. And as the the teaching on prayer kind of unfolds, what becomes clear is that the disciples were concerned not just with how to pray, but with an underlining question that in a lot of ways is a question we have ourselves. What about when prayer feels like it goes unanswered? You can hear this tone as Jesus responds, and he gives really three concrete responses to this about a a framework for prayer. When we think about, you know, I've been praying for a certain thing for a long time. God, you're not answering my prayer. Am I doing something wrong? Is the system broken? What's going on here? And Jesus responds to this sort of uh, underlying, undertoned question as the disciple approaches him. And he gives a sort of framework in how to structure prayer. First off, he answers and responds with the Lord's Prayer. And so the Lord's Prayer, which you would have noticed, was kind of seemed different than what we pray at Mass. We pray the Lord's Prayer, and we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, for considering us who trespass against us. So on and so forth. We go through it. Well, in today's prayer, which comes from Luke, it's a little shorter. Father, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come. uh, Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive our trespasses, for we ourselves have forgiven those who trespass against us. And do not subject us to the final test." a little shorter. Now the discrepancy between the two, one being shorter, one being longer, is a constant question amongst scholars who have lots of ways to try to understand that. A very simple way to look at that, why is there a discrepancy, why would the Lord's Prayer, the one prayer that he's given us, have different versions, is that one's a short version and one's a long version. And we have short versions and long versions of all sorts of prayers. For example, maybe you get up in the morning and you do some kind of morning prayer. You say, Lord, Lord, you know, help me get through this day. Then after a period of time praying that, you might get up the next day and say, Lord, help me get through this day by giving me your grace to strengthen me for the things I have to face. Well, now you have a short version of your morning prayer, and you have a long version. And so in a certain sense, when Jesus would be asked to teach, I'm sure there was more than one person that asked Jesus, hey, how should we pray? And so at one point he would have said something like what we'll we hear today in Luke's version, another place he would have said what we'll we hear in Matthew's gospel, which is a little bit of a longer version, which we pray at mass. As Catholics, we tend to like the long version of things for some reason. Or at least the church always gives us the long version of stuff. And you're getting the long version of the homily today as well, too. So that whole unfolding, now in the whether it's the, the short or the long version, there are two main thrusts or directions of the Lord's prayer. The first one, is adoration and praise of God. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. All directed in adoration and praise of God. The second main thrust of the Lord's Prayer focuses on the needs of this earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. Help us live in community and peace with each other to forgive one another. And then do not subject us to the final test. Lead us not into temptation, you could say. Those are all things around this world, these earthly needs we have. Now it's when we get to the earthly needs and asking for things from God where prayer gets a little more complicated. It's very easy, I think, to actually adore God, to come and be grateful and to praise him. But when we start talking about asking for things, those questions, like I said, are undertoned in Jesus's response. Well, what about the difficulties in prayer that I have? What about when my prayer goes unanswered? What gives? What's going on? Jesus' response in the structure is three things. First, our prayer must be persistent. It must be bold, and it must be good. And when it's persistent, bold, and good, the Father cannot help who knows what's good for all of us to give us what? Who, I should say. The Holy Spirit. Amen? So our prayer needs to be persistent. It needs to be what? What? Needs to be bold and good. So persistent, good. You got it. Amen? Amen. So let's look at this. So persistent. The very first parable that Jesus gives when he responds to prayer, he talks about a man who gets up in the middle of the night. He's got a friend that's visited. He doesn't have any bread to give him. So he goes to his neighbor, who's his friend. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, can you help me out here? And the guy's like... I'm asleep. My family's asleep. I've got everything locked up. Like, come back tomorrow. Don't bother me right now. And then Jesus says, if the man will not give bread because of his friendship, he will give what he needs because of his persistence. So knock, 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 knock. After a while, you're like, okay, fine. I'll give you what you need. So he gets up and gives the bread. That's persistence. We are called also to be persistent, especially when we're looking at things that need to have the long view in mind. There are certain needs that we have in our family, in our culture, in our own personal spiritual life, in our emotional life, in our psychological life, where we have to ask God persistently to give us that grace to help us. So prayer needs to be persistent. Jesus also teaches that prayer needs to be bold. Going back to that movie, Big Friendly Giant, there's a a moment where Sophie and, and the BFG, spoiler alert, okay, here again, all right, who have developed a kind of a friendship together. They're, they're very, they're, at first it was very fearful for Sophie, but after time she begins to trust the big friendly giant, and the big friendly giant told her that he can hear the secret whispers of everyone. So at one time uh, they're, they're kind of separated from each other. Sophie is missing the big friendly giant, wants to see him again, So she goes out to her windowsill, which was the first place she had met the big, friendly giant, and she says out loud, you know, BFG, you told me that you could hear the secret whispers of everyone, that you could hear me even now. I feel that you're here with me. I know that you're here with me. And she wants to meet him, and so what should she do? Because she believes that he is hearing all the things she's saying. She jumps off the windowsill, and BFG catches her right there because he was just around the corner. Something similar in our own relationship with God. We trust and we can be bold that he has said, I will be there when you call upon me. Now, I'm not saying jump off window sills, okay? That's not my point. But to have that boldness to trust and to ask for things from God. And that's what Jesus says. In the second part, he says, Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Amen. Abraham was very bold in the first reading today, wasn't he? In the sense that Abraham continued to not only be persistent with God in asking for mercy upon Sodom and Gomorrah on two cities, which, by the way, were in a certain sense uh, inhospitable enemies to him and to his, his brother Lot. They had not treated Lot very well. And yet Abraham is asking for God to give mercy to Sodom and Gomorrah, these two cities who are run by two very corrupt kings. And as that, a prayer, that bold prayer unfolds, we see uh, Abraham fulfilling another teaching of Jesus. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Because these were people, who, again, who were like inhospitable enemies to Abraham. And so he's praying. That's very bold. Have you ever yourself imagined yourself praying for a whole city, saying, God, have mercy on everybody here? That's a bold prayer. So we too are then called to be bold to be persistent, to be bold, and to be good. Now, good is kind of the place where it gets a little difficult, it's a little hairy, because it can be very difficult to know, is our prayer really good? Jesus says in the third part of this gospel, he says, whose father, when their children asked for, uh, uh, asked for (laughs) fish, thank you, Ask for fish, gives them a snake. Whose father, when they asked for eggs, would give them a scorpion? It's ridiculous. Can you imagine that? See how uh, uh, absurd that is? Could you imagine you're at uh, brunch somewhere this morning, your children ask you to give you some macaroni and cheese for lunchtime, and, and you throw a couple of poisonous snakes on their plate. No, that's ridiculous. Or they ask for, for eggs for breakfast, and you give them some nice poisonous scorpions. No, that would be impossible. So that to be good... What this means is the sense of that sometimes when we ask things, we ask wrongly. We don't ask for what we really need. We ask and we spend it what we could call on our passions. In fact, James, St. James, later writes this in chapter 4, verse 3 of his own letter in the Scriptures. You ask, but you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Have you experienced that before? Or maybe your prayer is oriented on things that you spend on your passions. Back in high school for myself, from the year 2000 to 2002, I was a huge Lakers fan, and I prayed for the Lakers to win. Lo and behold, do you know what happened from 2000 to 2002? The Lakers won three championships in a row. Pretty impressive, huh? There we go. I was praying pretty good, wasn't I? Well, two years later, as I continued, I was like, well, this is pretty good. I went, by the way, to my pastor, and I had said, you know, this is amazing. Like, I'm praying for the Lakers, and they're winning. And he says, Jacob, we need you to get you praying for something else, okay? Two years later, 2004, the Lakers were in the playoffs again, and I was praying for them to win. And there was this great game that was against the San Antonio Spurs, where Derek Fisher, with .4 seconds left, and I said a little quick prayer, Lord, just help them win. And sure enough, Derek Fisher hits this incredible shot. It was a beautiful, amazing, impossible. It went crazy. Everything was great. But then two weeks later, they lost to the Detroit Pistons in the championship. So my prayers didn't work. So what gives? Why is my prayer going unanswered? Why? Because I asked wrongly to spend it on my passions. To spend it on my passions. So when we look at our prayers and we're struggling with this question. Why is this particular prayer going wrong? or or not being answered, sorry. Jesus' response, continue to be persistent. Continue to be bold. And make sure you're asking for what is really good. And when we do these three things, we will get the Holy Spirit from the Father who will guide us through our week. And that's why we're here to pray primarily. We're persistently coming every Sunday. We're bold in coming together as a community. And we're asking for the good of the Holy Spirit to help us this week with whatever we face. I have three ways to kind of concretely encourage you this week about this sense of prayer that is persistent, bold, and good. First, if you like to read, there's a great book that goes into much more detail about all these questions around prayer. It's called Prayer Primer, P-R-I-M-E-R, written by a priest, Father Thomas Dubé. I encourage you if, you, if you like to read books and you want to go in more depth, read that book, Prayer Primer by Thomas DuBay. Secondly, if you're a Facebook person and you're online, I posted this morning on my Facebook page a series of videos about prayer from a great guy, Matthew Kelly, who wrote Rediscover Catholicism. You remember Rediscover Catholicism. I encourage you to listen to those videos on prayer, to watch those videos on prayer. Thirdly, this week, I'm offering an extra opportunity for us to come together and pray on Wednesday night for a whole hour. I know, another extra hour this week. In particular, we're going to be praying for peace, and I'd like for you to consider coming and joining me, sitting and being with the Lord, and asking for this gift of peace to continue to prevail more and more in the midst of the struggles we find ourselves in. Because prayers are like dreams that we share with the Lord, the hopes that we have for ourselves, for our families, for our culture. And when we ask and we seek and we knock with persistence, with boldness, and for what is truly good in this life, God will give the Holy Spirit.